All right, Am Bush, and today we are joined by ooh, a guitar player who can make those strings sing, I must say. And today, we're not talking just about his ability as a guitar player, but he has combined his blues playing abilities with two other incredible musicians. And together, they have combined to create the Ho-Ro-Joe Trio. And they're about to take over this blues world. And I am here with my guest today, J.W. Jones. How's it going today, J.W.? Wonderful, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm having myself a fantastic day, and it's even better now that I get to talk a little bit of music with the man, JW himself. (laughs) Awesome, man. Thank you. Hey, all right. All right. So, of course, I mentioned there that you recently, over a few years ago, decided to combine your talents with one Jamie Holmes, with one Jeff Rogers. So, of course, I know that blues is a very jam-centric style of music. So, is a jam how you guys ended up coming together, or what exactly is the story behind that? Yeah, we were, um, so my band was playing at a, uh, a corporate event downtown Ottawa called uh, Ringside for Youth, and um, Hiro- or Hiro- I shouldn't say Hirojo, it didn't exist yet. Beats and Keys, that is, which is uh, Jamie Holmes on drums and uh, Jeff Rogers playing keys and singing. They were playing the after party at a place called Darcy McGee's and uh, the GM from Darcy's actually said to me, Hey, you know, you should come down after your show and, and sit in with the guys. Like that would be such a cool combination. And I was like, you know, I've been close friends with Jamie for many years. He used to tour in my band and, uh, and I've known Jeff, you know, for a long time through, you know, blues in the schools here in Ottawa and just, just local, uh, local stuff. And um, so, yeah, I brought my little amp down little pro junior and, and set it up and, sat in and uh we started playing and we went for two hours straight and so it was just magic man like i was hearing jeff sing all these bobby bland songs and bb king tunes that i've you know some some of which i've never even played before and he was hearing me play you know this bb king stuff that that he had not been hearing because he didn't have a guitar player like that around and um and jamie of course holding down the fort and just you know playing groovy and funky and all the cool new orleans grooves and stuff like that and it was just magic, man. Like the way we felt together is like, wow, this is cool. So the next day we were like, yeah, so uh, let's do that some more, you know, and, and that's how it all began. Oh, wow. So literally just a suggestion of somebody like, hey, why don't you just maybe even just jump in for a little bit, right? And then two hours later, you guys are just still ripping, eh? Yeah, man. Yeah. Jeff O'Reilly, I got to give him a shout out. He's a great guy and been a, a longtime supporter. And really, I mean, this this band exists literally because of his idea, you know, I, Otherwise, I would have played my corporate gig and gone home to the family and not stayed out till you know, 2 a.m. But uh, but this was obviously much better. Hey, it was meant to be clearly. And I mean, clearly, because this band, before you guys even released any music, you were out there. You were picking up awards. You guys were killing it at the International Blues Challenge. What was it like to... Uh, sort of already have that hype. I mean, I know you guys have been labeled as an Ontario supergroup already, kind of, but what is it like to already hit the ground running, have that support? Yeah, really, really cool, man. I mean, uh, once we started doing a couple of gigs, uh, I, you know, Jeff Rogers, he, he wasn't really super in the blues scene, even though he knows all the blues players. You know, he was kind of playing a little more cover music and, and uh, weddings and corporate stuff. 
So when I told him about the international blues challenge and thinking that we could go down and do it, actually he had, he had been involved with that in the past. Sorry. I should say that in Ottawa. So he knew about it, but I said, look, man, we have a really good chance. We should go down there. And uh, he goes, do you really think so? I'm like, dude, with the way you sing, like, it doesn't matter who who's with you. Like you are just incredible, man. Like let's do this, you know? So uh, yeah, we went down and I mean, a big part of why I think we won that thing is because we really thought about tailoring the set to be just right. You know, it has to have the right flow to it. It has to have, uh, you know, a lot of original elements, for example. So we brought a bunch of, we wrote a bunch of original songs uh, with a guy named Dick Cooper from here in Ottawa from the Cooper brothers. He had a a big hit back in the day called uh, the dream never dies uh, with the Cooper brothers in the seventies. And um, anyway, so we wrote some songs with him and, uh, and played original music and really, you know, tried to, play blues that was still getting all the blues marks, but also having the originality and the, you know, energy and fire that, that, you know, we knew, we knew we needed to bring to the stage. So it turned out uh, it worked pretty well. Oh, Hey, well, that's fantastic. And I love how you say there, the importance of building a set list and some artists don't maybe, uh, realize that when they write some of their music is okay well we're just gonna have blistering fast pace the entire time and it's like that's great but 45 minutes into your set man like this is gonna like can we just like break it down just a little bit have some change of pace like it's very important yeah absolutely yeah yeah i mean the the flow is everything and um i mean i like to think about a set list the same way i think about soloing on the guitar same way i think about conversation you know i mean you have to have commas you have to have pauses. You have to, you know, sometimes you're really excited and other times you're just taking it easy and speaking quietly, you know, like all of those things totally go into the thought process of making a great setlist and a great show. Absolutely. And it's like you say with the guitar solo too, is the guitar solo has its moment. The guitar has its moment to shine, but then the vocals also need their time and otherwise too. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you do more listening than playing, you'll you'll uh, be on the right track. Hey, got to use your ears to be a musician, right? Yes, sir. Hey, all right. And I know that you have a fairly refined set of ears yourself. I know that you've produced quite a bit of your own solo work. So when it came to uh, the Hirojo trial or trio and getting this new music recorded, were you the producer behind this or were you guys working with somebody else? Well, we all work together. I mean, uh, I, I, I think it's great that we all equally produced this record. I mean, 90% of it, uh, for two of the songs, we brought in, um, Steve Strongman, who, uh, is, has been a longtime friend and a really incredible guy. And we wrote two of the songs with him and he came into the studio and co-produced those with us. So otherwise, I mean, what, what's really cool is that Jamie, Jeff, and myself, you know, this was during COVID lockdowns, you know, we wrote this record when we couldn't even see each other. So we were on Zoom calls, just coming up with ideas, you know, blah, 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 and trying to use Dick Cooper's lyrics and figure out musically how we could, you know, uh, what comes first, the lyrics or the music. And, and, and you know, we did both. And, um, and so I think we all really, really did put in the same amount of effort and influence into the production of the record. And, um, we just kept making demos, you know, we made demo after demo and kept refining it and like deleting tracks and starting over. And basically we went into the studio and just played everything that we had, you know, demoed out and and blocked out with the arrangements and then sent that the first, you know, what was 10 songs at the time or 11 songs sent that to uh, stony plain records. And, uh, 
And actually, we were just about to sign a different deal with someone else in the US. And I, I sent it to them, you know, I didn't hear back. And then I wrote an email. I said, hey, we're signing this other deal tomorrow. So if you're interested at all, can you please just let us know, you know? And then I got an email from Jeff Kulovic and he said, uh, he said, yeah, man, I want this. Let's do it. Make a deal. I was like, whoa, okay. So like the 11th hour, you know, we, we signed a deal. And, um, and then that's when we started talking about bringing Strongman into it and, uh, and going from there. That's incredible. Just this whole time where it takes time to get it going. You guys hit the ground running. It gets slowed down. And then literally, like you say, the 11th hour where it's like, okay, well, yeah, I definitely don't want you to go and sign with somebody else. So um, here's paperwork. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, I love it. I love it. And of course, you mentioned that these songs were recorded at a time where we couldn't really uh, connect, couldn't really be in the same room together. And as we mentioned earlier, too, blues is very uh, jam orientated. So was this the first time that you've ever really had to do that, send files back and forth? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The whole process was totally different. But like I said, I mean, it was, it was kind of cool to build it and be able to look at it in a different way. Because when you're in the room with people, sure, you get the vibe of like playing with, with each other and you feel that, but you know, you might, you might feel great and then realize your song is six minutes long. You know what I mean? Well, the way we were doing it, it's like, oh, wait a minute, we just hit the four minute mark. We better like, you know, trim some of the fat here and, and get it, uh, you know, dialed in a little bit more. So, you know, there were pros to it as well. <laughs> There's got to be at least a few singles on the record, right? <laughs> mm, that's right. Uh, and of course, uh, you guys released that first single. Well, actually, two singles technically on February 8th there. As Hard As I Can released in the music video format. And Stay Crazy released into the audio streaming world. So sort of hitting the ground running in two different ways, giving the fans who have been waiting quite a while two different styles to go ahead and jam out to the music. So what was it like to finally get these tracks out into the world after waiting for quite a while? <laughs> yeah, it was wonderful. I mean, um, the other part we should talk about is that there was actually a Kickstarter for this album. So we had a Kickstarter like over a year ago now. I think it was just over a year ago at this time, or maybe a little less anyway. And, uh, and so we had all these supporters, we hit our goal. It was amazing. We're like, okay, we're going to give you this album in September. And then, uh, Stony Plain wasn't able to release it until April 1st. So that's quite, you know, quite a length of time in between September and April 1st. And so we went back to all the Kickstarter supporters and said, Hey, you know, good news, bad news. The great news is we got a record deal. The less great news is you have to wait a lot longer. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I was going to say, I'm surprised that everyone was cool with it, but I'm, I'm not surprised at all because they were, you know, if they're doing it for the right reasons and not just to have music in their hands, like who does that? They're doing it for the right reasons. Then they want the best for the band. And I think everyone's excited. So we did a couple little extra things, gave them, gave them some unreleased tracks and stuff like that to, uh, you know, tie them over or whatever you want to call it. And everyone was just super cool about it. So once we got these out, finally, you know, as you say, with the uh, the music video on the rooftop, you know, downtown Ottawa and uh, the Stay Crazy Radio edit on Spotify and, and the streaming platforms, it's been cool, man. People are like, you know, responding and saying, oh, man, I love that tune, whatever. And so we're, we're kind of releasing it, like, you know, dripping them out there, so to speak. 
Hey, well, shout out to all of the fans who are super cool with waiting another half a year just to make sure it's, (laughs) you know, as long as it sounds good and everything's all right, the investment's worth it, right? Absolutely. Hey, gotta love it. And you mentioned there that you guys also released a music video for Hard As I Can. And that was something I wanted to ask is, so that is in Ottawa on that rooftop there. When exactly did you guys film it? Because it's it's bright, beautiful skies. Everything's lush and green. I mean, you guys got a pretty uh, lucky with the choice of day there. We sure did, man. Uh, yeah, that was September. And uh, we shot that right before I went out on tour with my band for like five weeks. And um, we knew we had to get it when the temperature was right, when the weather was good, you know. But what's funny is we picked that date. We had Tim O'Reilly come down from Toronto to shoot it. and um, And, you know, you just hope for the best. And we just lucked out. I mean, if you look at some of the shots, it's cool because you see some darker clouds and then you look and it's a little bit brighter. It's like, you know, over the course of a couple hours. But yeah, we sure lucked out that day. And uh, we actually shot that during the day on the Live Apartments rooftop, rooftop. And then at night, we went to a place called the Record Center and shot another video that's called Set the Record Straight, which is, you know, as the album is called Set the Record, the song is called Set the Record Straight. And uh, that'll be coming out soon, too. And it looks unbelievable. It's just like, it's incredible. I can't wait for people to see that one, too. Oh, so not just the new album coming out right away. I mean, by the time this interview is actually out, then the record will be out for the fans. Oh, good. But, cool. But it's we've got some more singles coming our way, some more music videos. So you guys are still hard at work. You still got uh, some things in the tank. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been really fun. And and. With um, with Stony playing, saying, "Look, we want two music videos. You know, shoot them however you want, giving us total artistic license, which is really cool." And um, I'm really proud of them because you know Tim shot them. He's a, he's an incredible videographer, and uh, I've been doing the video editing for them. So that's been fun, and it's kind of like a, a passion on the side for me is doing video editing. So when these things get done and they look incredible, I just sit back and go, "Yes, this feels so amazing." It's like you know your own little baby. Hmm. Absolutely. Have you done uh, much video prior to this? Yeah, you know, I've I've been tinkering around for the better part of a, a decade or so. Uh, you know, initially with just uh, iMovie and stuff like that, and then graduating to like Premiere Pro and and working on it. But uh, last summer, I did a project for the Shepherds of Good Hope here in Ottawa for Here Comes the Sun. So if you've heard of Playing for Change, where they have different shots of musicians all over the world, this was musicians all over the city of ottawa and we we did the song here comes the sun so check that out on youtube if you type in jw jones here comes the sun or shepherds of good hope here comes the sun you'll see it and it's uh that's uh that's a project that i produced and and yeah i love it. it's fantastic hey i mean support a good cause and listen to a good track because that's a classic song so uh yeah good choice yeah thank you Hey, all right. And of course, we mentioned that the record isn't out as of when we're recording it. But as the time that this interview is out, I believe it should be the same day that the record drops. Oh, nice. So, of course, with once again, it's been building up to this anticipation. You guys ended up having to take an extra six months, seven months uh, wait before releasing the album. So now that it's on that precipice, now that we're almost there. What is the feeling like? What is the excitement like for Set the Record to finally be out into the world? Oh, man, I I am totally excited. It's it's a funny thing because when you spend as much time writing, rehearsing, recording, mixing, mastering as we have, 
So you get through that process. You've heard these songs like a couple hundred times. You know what I mean? At that point, you're like, okay, I don't need to hear that ever again. But then there's that space of time. And then when you're about to release it, you know, it all becomes new again. It's like, oh, wow, we actually did a great job. This is wicked, man. So I'm super, super excited for everyone to hear it. The album has a, a really eclectic bunch of mixture of songs and grooves and vibes and, um, and energy. And it's, it's really, it's really special. I think we did a great job and I forgot to mention, you know, not forgot. I need to mention, uh, Jill and Darren at Jucasa studios. They are the team that recorded the whole thing. They're the engineers behind it. And, uh, like Jucasa studios, man, it's in, the uh, on an Indian reserve actually in, um, uh, Southern Ontario, just outside of Hamilton. And, uh, man, it's like state of the art. It was owned by a billionaire. And um, anyway, so they've got all the wicked gear and, uh, you know, more importantly, the talent, Jill and Darren are just incredible and did a wicked job. Hey, well, if anyone's looking for a space and they're in that Ontario region, hit them up. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, awesome. Awesome. And of course, as you mentioned, you're still hitting the road, doing your own thing with your own band. And live is something that is a, uh, pretty important for uh, all aspects of getting record hype out there for pushing things. So does the Hirojo trio themselves plan on getting out there, hitting the road, maybe getting a tour in? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we released the album uh, April 1st and uh, that night we play here in Ottawa at the Rainbow Bistro. The second we're in Toronto at the Cameron house. So if you're seeing this on April 1st, get your tickets quickly. If you can, if there are any left and, um, and then uh, we play in London the day after that, and uh, we do an industry party at uh, True North Gallery in Waterdown. And then, uh, and then, yeah, it's about a week after that, two weeks after that, we hit the road and we do a bunch of BC and Alberta dates. So they're all on the website now at uh, HorojoTrio.com. That's H-O-R-O-J-O-Trio.com. And, uh, you know, find them there on the socials. Uh, you can find the tour poster there and, and come see us. Hey, all right. I'm definitely going to have to look those dates up ASAP so I can see what exactly where in BC I myself might be able to catch you. Yeah, yeah. Where are you located? Hey, Kamloops. Kamloops. Nice. Okay. So what's closer for you? Penticton? How far is Penticton for Penticton you? is probably about two and a half hours, I think. Three that hours, might be maybe? as close as we get. Yeah. Hey, so that's we do Calgary. Uh, well, that's Edmonton. Or that's uh, Alberta, Calgary and Edmonton. And then in BC, we do White Rock. Penticton, Nelson, Balfour Beach, Chilliwack, and something else, I think. <laughs> hey, there's a few options there if you're yeah, interested. Man, yeah. Hey, fans of the band, go out there, check these dates, maybe check them live. Ooh. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I have had a blast chatting about this new album so far. I have a one last question for you, JW. You ready for it? I am ready. All right. So, of course, we've talked about the creation of the Hero Joe Trio, the creation of this new record, set the record. What I would like to know now is through this process of exactly that, building this band, building this record through the past couple of years, how exactly has this process helped you to grow as a person or what has it taught you about yourself? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I mean, I'm always working on the don't sweat the small stuff thing, you know, as many of us are. But what I will say is that coming from doing my own solo project where I have 
you know, full creative control, so to speak, where if I don't really like the way something's going with the bass and the drums, then like we adjust it to my preference and we move on, you know, with Hirojo, these are three equal parts. You know, we have three equal says in the, um, in, in the artistic, you know, process. And so you fight for what you really think is important and you take the foot off the gas for the things that are not worth fighting for. So it's, you know, it's a pick your battles kind of thing. And we all did it. You know, I mean, there were, there are parts of the entire album where one of us would have changed something, but if that was for the greater good, I don't know, man, you know, I mean, that's, I kind of think what makes it beautiful is that everyone gets their moment to shine. Everyone gets their moment to, it's not, it's not, we never looked at it. Like I want another guitar solo or Jeff wants more vocals or Jamie wants 10 more drum breaks. It was like, what's best for the song. And we kept coming back to that because if you listen to this record, this isn't a typical 12 bar blues record where you just play through 12 bars, you sing, and then, oh, it's a solo and blah, blah, blah. You know, we didn't do that. We tried to write songs with choruses and um, we were very, very intentional with everything. So that's what I've learned about myself, you know, is uh, you definitely have to just pick those battles and uh, just let some stuff go. Hey, and it came out with some uh, very uh, catchy choruses, I uh, must say, and I cannot wait to hear the rest of this record. Thank you so much, J.W. Jones, for joining us here today on the DTP. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Ambush, you can go ahead and find that debut album, Set the Record, from the Hero Joe Trio, right now on your favorite music source. Just type in H-O-R-O-J-O Trio. Click on Set the Record and put that bad boy on and have a good time and jam on out to the good grooves, the good sounds. Maybe even head on over to your favorite social media platform or the band's website to check out those upcoming concert dates that JW was telling us about too. And I need to thank JW Jones for joining us here today to take us behind the Hirojo Trio, behind this new album, Set the Record. And I highly suggest you also go out and check some of JW Jones' solo albums out too because they are amazing. I need to thank the amazing Eric Alper for going ahead and setting up today's interview. I need to thank the audio wizard known as German from YPEditor.com for making it all sound so good. And last but not least, I need to thank you, the Am Jam, the Am Bush, for tuning on in today. If you've yet to join up with the Am, it's easy as subscribing to the show. You can also help us by sharing this interview giving us a five-star review, and by heading on over to our web store, where right now we're throwing a 25% off sale. Oh yeah, it's like that. 25% off on everything down at www.deserttiger.shop, where you can copy yourself something to represent the show everywhere you go, and a 25% off. There's never any harm in looking because looking's free. Why don't you go ahead and check out www.deserttiger.shop today. See if there's something you like. Oh, yeah. And with that, it's time we say our final bye-bye, but not before I tell you. Go out, find your roar, and then let it out into the world. Until next time, Ambush. Bye-bye. The Desert Tiger Podcast.